we were looking at the last statements of Jesus, and what we see here is he is saying in that Luke 23 passage, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And what we see and hear in this statement is Jesus is surrendering himself to God's will. It's basically a statement of trust by Jesus that even though he was experiencing the, the death on the cross, he really wasn't trapped by what was there. As David said in Psalm 31, free me from the trap that is set before me, for you are my refuge, and into your hands I commend my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, God of truth. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? What he's saying here is there's a trap. Free me from the trap, and that trap can be fears and worries and problems. And then he says, into your hands I commend my spirit. And we all know that worry is a trap, and a lot of us worry about our kids, as I trash my son from the pulpit. <laughs> Let me read you a letter that might help those of you that worry about your kids. Uh, Dad came home from work and found on the kitchen counter a letter from his son. It said, Dear Dad, it's with great regret and sorrow that I write to you. I have eloped with my new girlfriend. Because I wanted to avoid a scene with you and mom, I will not be back home. I found the romance of my life. She is so beautiful with her piercings and tattoos and looks so sexy in her motorcycle clothes. But it's not only the passion, Dad. She's pregnant. She says we'll be very happy. And I know you won't care because she is much older than me. She already owns her own trailer in the woods and has enough firewood for the whole winter. And she wants to have many more children with me because that's her dream and now it's mine. And Jennifer has taught me that marijuana doesn't hurt anybody. And with the growing of it in the back behind the trailer, we can trade it with her friends for cocaine and ecstasy. And in the meantime, we will pray that science finds cures for her disease because she deserves it. Don't worry, Dad. I am 15 years old, and I know how to take care of myself. And someday, I am sure we will be back to visit you so that you can meet all your grandkids. Love you, your son, John. P.S. None of that is true, Dad. I'm over at the neighbor's house. I just wanted to remind you that there are worse things in life than the report card that is on your desk. <laughs> I love you and call me when it's safe to come home. <laughs> there are times that we need to worry. There are times that we worry about nothing. But Jesus was able to escape that trap of the worry by death. He was able to escape that rejection of men. And we know that even during that time period, he felt abandoned by the Father. But Jesus was still putting everything in the Father's hands. And isn't there times that we feel that way? We feel rejected and abandoned? In fact, you will never feel the, the power and the peace of God until you abandon that. Abandon all those fears. Put your life in His hand like Jesus did with that last statement. Into your hands I commend my spirit. 
Because Jesus knew and he had confidence. And that's the thing that I want you to understand. To be assured that there is a purpose and an end. See, I would love for you to leave here today assured. Assured that whatever you're going through, it has a purpose and it has an end. Knowing there is a better finish than what you're going through. There's a story that talks about that in the Bible, and it's from the, really, the oldest book of the Bible. It's the book of Job. And it's in the poetic section of the Bible, and Job was a devoted man who feared God. But he had a very bad day. He lost everything. His kids, his house, his livestock, everything but his wife. And a wife, whose only words to Job, while he was covered with boils and sores and scraping them off with pieces of pottery, had lost everything, sitting on an ash pile, she says, why don't you curse God and die? And Job had reason to worry. Job began to question God along with his friends. And Job says in Job 30, 20, I call to you, O God, but you never answer. I pray and you pay no attention. And haven't you had those kind of days where you think you could be a better God than God is? And Job says, you never answer my prayers. You never look my way. And finally, in Job 38, God had had enough. Then the Lord answered Job out of a storm. Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? And God is saying, Job, you're speaking of something that you don't know anything about. See, Job, you don't know what I'm up to. You don't know the finish. In other words, Job, you can't see the end. He says, brace yourself like a man, and I will question you, Job, and you shall answer me. Were you, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? And tell me, if you understand who marked off the dimensions Surely you know, Job. See, God is being sarcastic with Job. You have lived so many years, Job. And don't we all get to that point as Christians where at one time we thought we had it all figured out, but it hits us we don't? Job answers God in verse 3 and 4 of chapter 40. I am unworthy. How can I reply to you? I put my hand over my mouth. Job is teaching us something that we all need to know, and that is what we don't know, that God knows the finish, and that God is working something out, and God knows. And Job ends up making a statement that describes the three attributes of God that we need to know about when we're going through a bad day. See, Job replies to God, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You ask, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? And Job continues, continues, surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. My ears have heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. See, Job is acknowledging that he is not in God's league. And God knows some things that Job can't possibly know. And Christians, we should be grateful that God knows things that we can't know.
And Job says, these things are too big for me, but I'm okay with that now. And what I want to look at is these attributes of God and Jesus Christ that were revealed even at the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. And first of all, it is that God is all-powerful. God is omnipotent. It's a theological term, and it basically means all, omni, all, and then potent, powerful. So you may say, if he's all-powerful, why doesn't he do something for me? Why doesn't he answer my prayers? See, we know that Jesus could have called his angels down and spared himself the death on the cross, could have had all his tormentors wiped out. And we don't know why sometimes he answers our prayers and other times he says no. But we do know this from Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For everything, absolutely everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and he holds it all together right up to this moment. What Paul is saying here is he, God holds it all together more than we realize. God is a God that is there for us. I remember a lady who was a prayer warrior in our church in Greensburg that her husband had a stroke and laid in the hospitals and she prayed, God, God, let him, don't let him die, don't let him die. But he never regained consciousness. And finally she changed her prayer to God your will, not mine. And after 30 days in a coma, when she prayed that prayer, he died. She said God had answered her prayer for her husband to stay alive until she turned it over to him for his will. See, I'd rather have hope in an all-powerful God than the certainty of a limited me. Did you hear me? I would rather have hope in an all-powerful God than certainty in a limited me. Now the second thing that we see from the cross is that God is omniscient. That God is all-knowing, all science. God knows it all from beginning to end, and the problem is, if God knows from beginning to end, all we know is the middle. All we know is where we are. We can't see how it's going to end as we sit in the middle looking and we may say, well, they died before their time, but that's only in our eyes. That God may have been sparing them from evil that may be coming in their life. God knowing things we can't know, and, and that is where we understand from Hebrews 4. It tells us in verse 13, he knows about everyone. And everywhere, everything about us is bare and wide open to the all-seeing eyes of our living God, and nothing can be hidden from him. So how can we speak of things that we don't understand? And that is why we shouldn't worry. We should never be afraid to trust an unknown future to an all-knowing God. Do you hear me? We should never be afraid to trust an unknown future to an all-knowing God. See, God knows. And aren't you glad that there are some things you don't know? And aren't you glad that God's ways are higher than your ways? The third thing we need to understand is that God is ever-present. 
omnipresent. Means no matter where you are, Jesus is there. And this can be comforting. What better added or attribute for our Savior who rose from the grave to have? Jesus knew there was a purpose to his death and that he would be brought back to the throne with his Father. And that's why he says to us in Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And if God is right there with you, aren't you going to be all right no matter what you face? So we might not have the answers, but we can have comfort and peace, especially for the brokenhearted. David said like this in Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. See, Scripture tells us over and over again that God's going to be with us. He's always present. He tells us in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, omnipresent. Yes, we're going to go through things, but he's going to be there. Just like Jesus, when I know God is with me, I can face whatever I'm against and whoever's against me. If I know God is there, yeah, you may be here today, looking for answers, but you can leave here even though you're looking for answers with assurance. Assurance that our God has the attribute of being all-knowing and all-powerful and always is there with you. I also want you to leave here today with some things that you can know from sure. Some things you can know. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1.12, I am suffering Yet I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. I know I'm going to have a God who's there with me. That he will give us a purpose in the end. So leave her today knowing these things. First of all, know that God loves you. And loves me. I know that because God laid down his son's life for me. And who has died for you lately? Who else has taken on all your sins? Jesus died so you wouldn't have to pay for your own sins. Secondly, I know that God wants what's best for me. Paul reminds us of that in Romans 8. 31 and 32 he says if God is for us who can be against us since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us won't he also give us everything else does it mean he no longer loves us if we have troubles or calamity or persecution or hunger or destitute or in danger or threatened with death no in spite of all these things overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Paul's telling us that God has the end in mind and wants what's best for us. You see how you view God determines your relationship with God. Did you hear me? How you view God determines your relationship with God. 
And you won't enjoy it if you think he's a bad God. See, we need to understand that God wants what's best for us. Now, the third thing we need to know is that God has a plan for you and me. And that God is at work in ways we can't see. And sometimes he has to make us uncomfortable. Just like a mother eagle, when her chicks get to a certain age, she starts pulling all the the feathers and the down out of the nest and to where it gets down to where it's nothing. And it forces those chicks out of that comfortable nest to where they have to survive and fly on their own. And God can do the same to us. He can get us uncomfortable. So he can get us to the life he intends for us. Because he has a plan for our life. Also know that God is going to bring you through. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4.18, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. When you know Jesus, he may rescue you here on earth, but if he doesn't rescue you here on earth, He is going to bring you into heaven. So what it is, it's a win-win situation. And that's the perspective we need to have. He can rescue us. And if he doesn't, we get heaven. It's a win-win. It's finished, is what he said. He said, it is finished. My struggles have a purpose. And my pain has an end. When we look at the life of Christ and the resurrection of Christ, it gives us that assurance that there is a purpose and an end in our lives. That our God has the attributes. He's all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present. And that he loves us, wants the best for us, has a plan for you, and is going to bring us through no matter what we face. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day where the tomb was empty. Our Lord and Savior was raised from the dead. And now because of that, we have a Savior and a Lord and eternal life. Let us never lose the understanding of what was done for each and every one of us. And let us always count our blessings. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.